action. Hey, Matt. Hey, Peter. How's it going? Good. How you doing? Um, good. Just stressed out about um state of things. <laughs> yeah, I sensed <laughs> some instability in the force that is reform. I'm uh, sleep deprived because when my son will finally let me sleep, I am up worrying about our Redis database, mm-hmm. DigitalOcean, which keeps giving weird timeout errors, and it's so frustrating. Mm. And we spend so much time over the weekend and late nights just trying to like fix stuff, but mm-hmm. there's no apparently no easy fix. So it's just frustrating. Mm. Like you're you know, you know you're paying just to for other people to take care of it, and it's you know the the hosted managed solution. But then when things aren't working, you don't have that many options to make them work. Is that how DigitalOcean sort of brands or markets itself? Is that they they're no, but I a think little bit more than Amazon the, in that sense. The important thing to understand is that DigitalOcean is it's several different things. Like DigitalOcean started out as you know with their droplets, which are like Heroku Dinos, not even actually. They're more like, or are they? No, I don't think so. They're like servers, just virtual servers, like Mm -hmm. Linode uh, containers or servers. But then they launched this app platform like a few years ago. That's basically a Heroku clone or like their version of Heroku. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you just give it a Git repository and it kind of spins up your infrastructure around that. You can add workers and stuff like that. But, uh, and this is one of their hosted databases, which is another of their products. We use hosted MySQL database for our database and for caching and queue and stuff like that. We use a hosted Redis instance Mm -hmm. and it's not very stable. And Hmm. it's uh, frustrating because it's like, you're a big public company. Like you've been doing this for, 10 years or more and it's supposed to be hosted and like why is it not just working yeah yeah and then when you start so, talking to people it's like yeah sounds like digital ocean <laughs> <laughs> oh my god hmm. yeah that is, that is bad i mean but so, then so what's... you're like why don't you just move to heroku and i'm like well i've never used heroku before so that's like an, a big unknown. And then when I Google the errors that we get, I also get the same people getting the same errors on Heroku. And the mm. advice they're getting is like move off of Heroku. So it's a very frustrating. And we're doing everything we can to like make sure we don't have too many errors happening. And, you know, we we take it seriously that Reform is online and yeah. able to receive submissions and we've added to we've made it much more robust like when these errors happen which is like mm-hmm. patching stuff over and over again yeah but it's still not great and, so uh, we only use redis as like a as a queue but what are yeah. you using it for we're also using it for sessions unfortunately okay um but i think we might change that to maybe just cookies so it's just hosted on the on, on in the browser okay or stored in the browser instead of on our end 
And the only reason we really need uh, sessions for forms, I think we need it for like CRS, CSRF uh, tokens. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Not actually sure. I think we do that. I'm not sure if we need it actually. And then we use it to show error messages from the server. So, okay. <laughs> you know, you can set knows kind of where the errors go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, okay. it's frustrating. Sorry, man. What is, so yeah. what is the plan? What are you going to do? <laughs> well, because I don't think this is, not a doesn't sound fully sustainable. Planned yet. I got some ideas. Um, yeah. I want to talk ideas? to you about them. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, my dream setup right now is to host reform on Laravel Vapor, which is basically a serverless um, platform built on top of AWS. It's uh, famously Fathom Analytics are using it, and mm-hmm. Jack has a course on it, and he's a big proponent of it. And I know a lot of people using it that are very happy with it. So, and just everything that Taylor will built is like really good. <laughs> so I would love to use that. I've never used it before, and I I don't feel like just trying to move everything over to a platform I don't know. Like I think that's that's the best part about DigitalOcean is that I know it and knows how it works. Mm-hmm. And we're just getting more and more volume. And as I said before, like there's always someone online <laughs> on Reform. Mm-hmm. Like if I yeah. check Fathom right now, there's probably 10 to 20 people seeing a form right now. So it's You're exposed. difficult to... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And all of them are like sending off jobs and filling out form pages and blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. it's just not, it's getting more and more difficult to just move. And so I would love to get on Vapor. I would love to get some experience with it first. So I've thought about like maybe having a pet project or something like that. I feel like now it's getting a little bit more like urgent because I just feel like DigitalOcean is just too unstable. Yeah. And then the other bad part about it is that it takes forever to deploy. So if we screw something up, it takes a long time to deploy a new version, which is just painful. Mm. Um, even if you just want to roll back, like it'll still take like 15 minutes or something. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, we have to be very careful. Um, I have one idea. Let me ho- let me hold off uh, sharing the idea just like a little bit because I kind of wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted sh- a, a tangent. That was kind of like a fun thing that happened last week. Um, but it's kind of related to deploying because it's it's bec- it's become like a little bit too scary to deploy, and I think a big part of it is because uh, digital ocean deployments are so bad. So deploying has become like a big thing <laughs> that we don't want to mm. like we don't like deploying. You know, mm, <laughs> if yeah, it's small sure. small things, we'll just deploy it. But if it's bigger things, we're like, I hope we won't have to roll this back because you know it's gonna take yeah. A bit of time, yeah. And um, we 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 had a big thing that we were rolling out uh, last Monday, and we um, we were just about to deploy, and then our te- some of our tests started to fail, and we thought for a moment that we were seeing the same the error we were getting in the test. We saw kind of like a similar error in Sentry. 
and mm-hmm. we were like oh my god we deployed something uh that we that we shouldn't have deployed what are we going to mm-hmm. do oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and we looked at the tests and why they were failing and i realized that in some of our tests when we were testing webhooks we were calling example.com and it was down <laughs> <laughs> So for a How moment, dare they? Don't they realize web... their role in the world? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we thought webhooks were broken. And because um, we were seeing a similar error in our in Sentry when we checked for it, we were like, oh my God, webhooks are broken. Like, look at all these webhooks that we've dropped. It's terrible. What are we going to do? So step one was realizing example.com is down. <laughs> yeah. We're... That's why the tests are failing. And then all the webhooks that were failing in the database were people that have added like a local host webhook to the, so we obviously can't call their local host. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just funny because, you know, we were always <laughs> super tense when we were deploying big things. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That actually reminds me, I, I quick vignette, I, I deleted, finally deleted our production database off of Heroku after we moved. And at the exact moment, like two seconds after I clicked the or typed in the confirm message and hit delete, like an error showed up in Sentry, <laughs> and it, it was actually completely, completely unrelated. But that, that so freaked me out. It's like no, yeah. it's like there's no way we're not using this anymore. So yeah, yeah, it's good to be a little paranoid. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> when when we're at our stage, like. The thing that was working really well for us in the beginning was that we were moving super fast. We were just shipping mm. stuff all the time, deploying. Like, yeah. I, ju- I was trying to find an old pull request um, from April or something yesterday. And there were like 20, you know, merged pull requests from like that day or the day after or something like that because we were just <laughs> moving so fast. Flying, yeah. And I think it's... And I've said that I've had this conversation with Bjorn as well. Like, I think it's a huge problem if we're too scared to deploy. Like, that means something is wrong and we need to deploy more, basically. Like, if it yeah. feels bad to deploy, we just need to do it more. Mm-hmm. And we need to make, like, have systems in place that makes it less scary, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, something I've been thinking about a lot. Like, it shouldn't be this scary. Like, it should just... um feel more robust yeah and uh, it's part of why i'm i i want to move away from digital ocean because it doesn't feel very robust right now <clears throat> yeah so you know i've talked to a lot of people shout out to chris fidel fideliper on uh, one of my friends on twitter fideliper he's been helping out like debugging and come up with solutions and till uh cruz who is uh, maintaining the PHP Predis library. He's been super helpful. Simon Snapshot has been super helpful. So all these people are like helping me like tweak stuff and figure out like what what uh, the alternative is going to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not 100% decided, but like thinking a little bit more long-term or maybe not long-term, but like medium-term, mm-hmm. I have one idea that I kind of can't stop thinking about. You'll tell me if it's a terrible idea. But basically, the thing that's super frustrating is we're having these problems and, you know, we're only making a few thousand dollars in the MRR. It's like yeah. it's it annoys the hell out of me that we're having all these issues at this stage. Like we shouldn't be like it. Sh- we shouldn't 
have problems sleeping at night because of these things and not make like it's not worth not sleeping at night for the kind of money that we're making right now you know what i mean like it's just it's annoying it's the nature of the business you built though like that's why these businesses (laughs) are that's the hard part of this being yeah being an important part of people's workflow is that it's like the the mission criticality is (laughs) independent of the money right yeah sort of i mean so actually imagine starting an aws competitor right now you know you'll start by making five dollars a month off your first customer but they expect it to be 99.99999 percent off so you can't you can't win in that sense yeah yes go ahead nature of the business yeah but like one idea i had was basically in addition to some of the some of the you know st- stability issues and redis issues we're experiencing and deployment issues there's also just like some stuff in the app that i don't like we 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 took a very mvp approach to building the app and there are things that i kind of wish worked better and that we've learned in the past 10 months of running this thing mm-hmm. and building it so and and it's like our pace is like way down because we're like dealing with scale the scalability stuff we're dealing with like devops stuff stuff we're dealing with like slow deployment stuff like that so i think it's really important for us to get speed again basically mm-hmm. and 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 ma- basically make a big leap in a sense so one idea i have is basically fork the repository um change all the stuff we wish we could change and not have to worry about backwards compatibility and anything like that. Okay. Deploy it to Laravel Vapor, call it Reform V2, have like an early access of beta, slap on a few extra features that we're like excited to build and that'll be easier to build once we don't have to like worry about um, backwards compatibility and existing like stuff that needs to be online. Mm-hmm. And basically have like a big splash launch of Reform V2 on a new platform with some new features and kind of like start over in a sense. But of course, like not starting from scratch, but, you know, the form builder and that stuff is working super well. So, but all this stuff that we kind of want to change, just do it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know, I'm just tempted to just do that and. And then we can make it easy for people to move to that if they want that. And all this stuff we've been thinking about, pricing, features, the way the stuff works behind the scenes, we could just do it. (laughs) And there won't be any live migrations or anything to take care of. Right. I don't know. Is it insane? What do you think? Well, it's not insane. Um, It's... It's a start. I mean, I've done it with Summit multiple <laughs> times now, right? So you're talking to someone who has taken this approach. Um, if you can't get there from here, meaning the path forward, it, it, the path forward is the competing path, right? It's like, what's the opposite of all that? It's somehow incrementally get there. But when you're talking about changing platforms, that's not an incremental change. That's a foundational change, potentially, assuming that there's going to be changeovers and, and swaps. And so, like, it, it obviously makes sense to keep this boat running and, like, build this one up 
<laughs> so then that they're like at parity or parallel and then do a switch. Like that's the way you're going to engineer this process regardless. So if you're going to do that, I think the question becomes like, how much do you just clone what's there already versus, you know, how much do you take the opportunity to rebuild or modify things? And if you do that, if you, what order do you do that in? Because you don't want to end up in a situation where you are like unable to launch on the new thing because you've sort of gone in too deep and you can't get out like you've <laughs> you kind of trapped yourself so i think the order that you do that in is really important um and that's all just good cto kind of management right yeah but i don't think the idea is insane i i rather like it if it gives you a better foundation to go faster and what I would do maybe is think through the real problem you're trying to solve. And it sounds like there's two. There's the sort of fear of deploying things, the unhealthy fear. And then there's also the instability of digital ocean. <clears throat> and if you can fix both of those root causes, like if you can fix the root cause of both of those by doing this, then... But it's, I think it's, it's also the it. hope of a better future. Like it's, I don't well, know. How, that's, like I, that's revealing, right? So what you're basically saying is you don't think you can get to that better future from where you are today. I want to eventually get to vapor, but I don't know what the. I just the the problem with it is we don't have experience with it, and like moving an ex existing thing <laughs> to it live. Well, now you're actually so now you're actually. Yeah, sorry. Sounds like there's an, an assumption in there, which is you are moving to Laravel Vapor. Is that a is that a foregone conclusion? I mean, I think if Reform is successful, that that's where we want to be hosting it because it'll yeah. basically allow us to handle, you know, in, in, huge spikes and everything like that because it's serverless and it just scales up. Yeah. Whereas the app platform is like. It, it feels like a dead end, right? Yeah. So if that's the case, then you're definitely moving over. I think doing it sooner makes a lot more sense because doing it when you have more customers and more traffic and more legacy, you know, baggage is not better. Uh, it's definitely worse. You know, and the, you also don't want to do this when like, you have less runway, right? But the idea of like forking the repository and then making the changes we want to make means that we can like add one customer <laughs> at a time. Like we can start using it ourselves and get familiar yep. with it. And then yep. after a week, you know, we can add the first beta customer and then mm -hmm. we can start to like have like basically an early access list and bring people on to the new thing. Do you have any we idea how long it it'll take to go through this? I mean... Like what's your appetite? We, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could... I think we could we could do it in a few weeks, I think. Okay. Maybe a month, like depending on what we if if we want to make it a better a much better reform, a much different reform. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't think it'll, it'll it's it'll be too long. I mean, we can Yeah. 
my my gut says you're I mean you're here to take big swings and you're not excited nor confident in what you have right now techno you know from a technology infrastructure standpoint that has to change no, I kind of hate it right now to be honest yeah that has to change and since that has to yeah. change some version of this project needs to get done to me now it's just the order you do things in so and some people are like why don't you just move to vapor it's like i don't have experience with it and it seems like super um well you are moving to it isn't that what you're yeah yeah but if i if i'm just like spinning up a new vapor project and and then like changing the domain name to point to that Mm. that seems like super risky (laughs) and like moving the database over and everything at the same time yeah um and i don't like we're we're serving like several thousand form views per day yeah i don't understand what people are telling you like it this is how you move to it i don't i think a different approach i don't think i'm just gonna migrate to it i think it's (laughs) better to just like take it as an opportunity to change all the things that we're dreaming about changing and then we can make a marketing thing out of it we can make it a v2 we can Mm -hmm. launch it we can we can make make it a thing i think it's an opportunity to make it a thing well also i don't know that you're gonna be sufficiently motivated if it's not a thing yeah i don't think i i I think that's important like your desire to finish the project and be excited about it and motivated is yeah. just like as when we started success, when we right? started working on reform the the our goal was to test the idea and as quickly as possible get something to market which we did mm-hmm. like super quickly uh, i mean it's we tomorrow it's uh basically 11 months since the first commit so in 11 months like we built this app and we got a, some customers and money and stuff like that but our priorities were mostly around uh doing that as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. but right now our priorities are starting to shift to something that's more stable and scalable and you know yeah yeah just works better (laughs) and yeah more robust yep and i i think we can try to change the existing thing into that slowly but we could also just pull the not pull the plug but like you know start over i mean the slowly thing doesn't match any kind of it 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 matches what you would do if you were a very large stable business that had a lot of (laughs) this works and we really are afraid of large changes. So let's make a lot of tiny changes, like evolve our way there. And we've got a year to do it. Sure. You know, but you're not that you're like, you, you have a lot less to lose. You're a startup and you need, and it has to be something I feel good about as well. Yeah. And and also you have a, a stretch normal. I would think the incremental thing is something you do when, you're actually pretty happy with what you have today, but you want to get to a new place. And so you do it slowly to reduce the risk of yeah. the new thing. This is sort of, actually, we're unhappy with where we are today <laughs> and we want to get to a different place. So yeah. how do we do that? And I think the idea of you know building it up what? and then having something new is 
uh, far better. And what if vapor is like 10 times worse? <laughs> we don't know. Like I, you know, anecdotally, people love it. I haven't used it. Yeah. But what You're if actually it's 10 times worse when we start using it? Like if we can, you know, spin up the app over there, make some changes and add 10 customers to it, we can shut it down again and keep iterating on the old thing. That's not going to yep. go away. Yep, exactly. No, I think yeah. actually your your job is to manage the you know what risks are the ones that actually need to be managed in this case, and uh, you're on a you're on a platform that has risk, so getting away from that is is important, right? And yeah, the new thing perhaps failing your existing customers or not being great or whatever there's some tiny risk of that so you're testing that out too but yeah you gotta i i've been encouraging you to get off of do yeah. for a while now ever since i hear this because it just didn't sound like you're not going to get to the reform of your dreams building on it sadly no. and i think ripping that band-aid off faster is better in my opinion uh sooner i should say sooner so and if we can if we do that we have an opportunity to change like some fundamental things around how the app works and yep. at the same time build some of the features that people really want but then that, that are hard right now because they require like changing the architecture of the code mm. base quite mm -hmm. significantly yeah and that would just be nice you know nice opportunity yeah. why not take it that's kind of like where i'm at right now i actually haven't talked to bjorn about this idea yet <laughs> Hi, but I will before this goes live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's hearing it now. I. Uh, you designed Reform as a thing to test and learn and to deliver on certain promises. You've learned a lot. Yeah. I think that if you can deliver on the next set of promises and the next set of prom, like you've got to think that your current setup is a shoe that you can grow into, right? Like, oh, I this yeah. is going to be this is going to allow us to ship the product that we have, the roadmap that we have into the next yeah, 6 9 12 months. If you're sitting there going, I can't imagine shipping on this current stack or setup 6 or 9 months from now, like that's a problem. Yeah. And it sounds like you can't imagine people, shipping on it next next week. <laughs> so, pe people want a nice it. simple form builder that spits out clean well-designed forms it turns out they also want their forms to be on like a, a, a stable fast platform yeah yep <laughs> that loads every time yep and and, and actually and when you start to get errors like yeah. where maybe like a form isn't loading or something like that like that's a red line for me like then like that just yeah. can't it just can't happen it's just not okay yeah, and and your customers aren't going to ask for this until you're until it's until it's too late. Debt. Like you can't <laughs> wait for it to just be so bad that people you just become known as the thing that's good in theory, but it has a lot of problems, right? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> do Do you have something pressing, or can I keep talking because I have another big thing that I kind of want? <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing pressing. <laughs> I, I have bullets for what I want to talk about, so we can be efficient. Okay, I'll I'll let's do it quickly. I sure. I, freemium. So um, mm. the other kind of big thing, like so, there's kind of two problems in the business right now. The one is the scalability thing, and the other mm -hmm. is uh, growth. 
And um, I keep thinking about freemium. And I was talking to a friend about it today on the phone. And he, it basic, he basically thought I was kind of insane for not at least trying it. And the thing is, like, we're serving about um, 50,000 forms a month right now. Okay. Not f- forms, but, like, you know, people seeing forms. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, unique form visits, basically. And if, I mean, if we had a free tier, it would probably be a lot more, potentially. And it just feels like if we could <laughs> figure out a way for the product to market itself and for the product to be the marketing, like we already are generating a lot of traffic. And for example, like if you filled out a form and the th- confirmation page or the thank you page said this form was uh, built with reform, if you want to make your own beautiful form, like click here to try out the product for free. And you know, you just tried the tr- the product <laughs> and mm-hmm. potentially like the experience of filling out the form and yeah. and here's an ad for it. It's yeah. like, it's worked for a lot of other form tools in the mm-hmm. past and we're not utilizing it right now. And he asked me like how I would feel about cannibalizing like let's say 30% of our MR right now uh, to try this out. And basically my answer was like, I I wouldn't mind cannibalizing almost all of it because we're so far from like being able to truly live off of this that something dramatically needs to change anyways. Mm -hmm. And we keep talking about this in the mastermind of it. Like I need to find something that's like big enough, like a big enough of a leap to like Mm -hmm. truly change things. And I, I can't think of anything that has more potential than freemium and maybe i'm deceiving myself but it just feels like you know let's say fifty thousand form views it just feels like fifty thousand opportunities every month to like test out copy test out different messaging and like get a conversion mm-hmm. yeah the, i think uh, yeah I, I already want to interrupt you and ask like what is the what do you think is the metric that is yeah what what's the metric that start i I want to say starving but like what's the bottleneck right now what's the constraints with reforms business it's the top of the funnel it's top of funnel right so yeah so that's good this is very well aligned with that this would this would turn forms into the top of our funnel which they aren't right now yeah that sounds pretty good and then it becomes a loop right or flywheel that's right well, you also start to get paid for, you know, you talked about, oh, we have, we're, we're doing all this stuff. We're exposed. We have all these people, whatever. And like, I don't feel like we're getting fairly sort of compensated for that amount of exposure dependence. Yeah. That helps that become fair, right? <laughs> yeah. So basically what my friend said was like, he thought, you know, all that's all cool and stuff, but maybe you could figure out a way to test your assumption that having like a reform branded thank you page actually helps <laughs> giving you more customers. And mm. I think it's hard to truly test without a free plan. But one idea we talked about was maybe 
uh, going forward, we could just, um, you know, the, the thank you page in reform right now is also just block based like the rest of the form. Mm -hmm. So we could basically pre populate it with, um, like some reform branded content and you can just mm -hmm. remove it, um, and change it to something else if you don't want it. Mm -hmm. I don't love it because it's, it's technically like a worse experience for our existing customers because they have to, because they're on a paid tier where they... I was going to say they're paying customers. I feel like if I'm paying for a tool, I really hate uh, the company's marketing going into my products, you know, my, yeah. my slide decks, my emails. Yeah, and they would be emails. able to, to remove it. Yeah, but it would be like an extra step for them. So I don't love that. It sends um, a weird message to them as well. Just like right. it's on brand, but so like you're definitely paying a bit of a, you're paying a little bit of a brand tax there where they trust that their brand is what you're interested in, in helping them promote. And like now you're ejecting yourself. Yeah, I don't, yeah. don't love that. If I'm 100% honest with myself, like I don't feel a big urge to like test that freemium yeah. can work. Because it's worked for every other form company that has freemium. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a leap of faith that has a lot of <laughs> risk or doubt in it. Like, will freemium increase your traffic and exposure at the very top of the funnel? Yeah. Yes. Will it do anything so else? Who knows? But it'll at least do that. The, the thing I was um, sort of confused about is the fact that, let's say on the free plan, we give you 100 submissions or something like that per month. Mm-hmm. That means that if you if you're the type of uh, person that would generate more than basically that means we get hundred up to a hundred uh, opportunities to brand ourselves to your audience or whatever, mm -hmm. right? So you get up to one hundred submissions where we get to like promote reform. Yeah. But then if you if you're able to generate more than that, we don't we don't want to promote. We would rather have like fifteen dollars a month instead of. Uh, our brand so it's kind of like then it becomes a little weird like do we want to limit how much people can share reform and create exposure right i i don't uh, hmm. i don't so my, love that is the limit yeah go ahead yeah so i was thinking if that's the limit we need to have like we need to have a tier first where you can get like many more uh, submissions but you still have the branding and then mm -hmm. like a, a next tier where you can remove the branding, I think that would solve it. Alternatively, we just let you get as many submissions as you want. Because of, I, like, if, yeah. if in a freemium world, submissions are valuable to you, of course, it's a value metric, like you're getting more submissions, you're potentially making more money or whatever. But mm -hmm. it's also a value metric for us. Like we want as many submissions as possible because that's when people see reform. Yeah, I don't it's think you like want product to demos, <laughs> right? reduce your exposure. Yeah, I, exactly. Like, I th there's a couple sort of ways to think about freemium. One of the w the way that we're doing it right now with Summit is we don't want to limit the amount you can use the product as a threshold on free tier. We want it to be you mature your usage. Right, you become a more mature user, and now you want yeah. these things that go hand in hand. So, yeah. I don't think the maturity of the user that you have 
is really tied to the number, the volume of submissions that they get. I think it's more tied to sort of what comes after that, like what they get to do with the results or the submissions or the branding. Like there's a lot of features that you could charge for that somebody's going to want as soon as the form is meaningful or valuable to them. But then you as reform, you're like, hey, if somebody (laughs) thought experiment, somebody puts up a free reform and it gets like 50,000 submissions or something like that. 50,000 people just saw your thing and you didn't, you paid server costs and load to get your name in front of 50,000 people. That's the cheapest marketing per person per view, like the CPM on that. Yeah. There's no way it's like dollars. It's probably cents, right? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of not. And then, and then the game becomes, okay, this person just got 50,000 submissions. How do we get them to pay now? Yeah. Now you can just come. I mean, now there's like a hundred ways I think that you could get them to pay. It's just like you just gotta figure out like okay, how, what percentage of these people needs to pay and how much before the math works. Okay, that yeah. then where do we need to make the draw the line? Basically, you can kind yeah. of make it work, work backwards, right? Well, here's the other thing you can do is I love Slack's uh, I love Slack's monetization scheme. If you have fifty thousand submissions. I might jump straight into the $200 a month tier because you've got features that make it really easy to manage 50,000 records that are way more valuable to me because I have 50,000 records. Or see them at all. That if I had 100. That's right. So you could even have a a free tier where it like grays out. You know, you didn't know if this would work. Good news, it did. Now you've got all this data, you know, um, just like with Slack search is the example. You can't search messages yeah. on the free version, but you can accumulate messages <laughs> and then you really want that search feature because you have all this history. So yeah, I love. Okay. So let, let me make two quick points. Like, first of all, like I can feel right now in my body, like the thought of like make, making even more, having more submissions is also like, oh, that's more Redis errors. And that's like so bad, you mm-hmm. know? Um, that's another clue. <laughs> and then the other thing is like the thing that I, I kept thinking about earlier today was if we do the thing where we spin up a V2 of reform somewhere else on Vapor, it's it would also be an opportunity to test like a new pricing model or like freemium, for example, because mm-hmm. we it's kind of like we get to start over and we can if we do, if it doesn't work out, we could just keep the old model or, you know, it, it we could do all this in in beta, basically behind closed doors a bit Mm -hmm. so there is some sort of like synergies there like we could we could do a bunch of things at the same time like probably pretty fast because we wouldn't have to like worry too much about what about the other users or what about the old pricing or what about the old stripe plants or what about the old servers or what about the old database just new 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 yeah was that a question i'm I'm, i I like it i'm (laughs) It makes sense. Sold, I think. (laughs) Yeah. This is very exciting because it has the potential to increase some metric of your business by multiple zeros, right? Like, yeah, it's like we validated the idea. Okay, let's make a big swing and, like, let's, okay, let's build the thing that we think we need or whatever. Anyways, thanks for, uh, 
giving me so much time. <laughs> I know no. you have to go in 10 minutes. That's it's all good. Um, I want to hear, I want to hear about Summit for the last 10 minutes. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, quickly, um, we are in the process of releasing some UI UX improvements, which, uh, you know, people, hey, it's new. A lot of times people don't like new <laughs> because it's something, it's changed, it's different. However, very clean and it sets us up for um, a lot more improvements to the way that we display the results of your model runs and you can manipulate that, those data sets and also sets us up for what we're calling um, formula grid-based formulas. So we, you can run formulas on the output of your model soon. We actually already have yep. that behind the scenes. but So we're, we're evolving the UI UX this week to support that big feature that's coming. Um, <clears throat> so that'll be coming soon. But the UI UX improvements are coming today. Um, knock on wood. We're about to do our own deployment. And nice. uh, so that's exciting. Yeah, I love it. Um, Peter's been just really optimizing where things go and how things render and how the table performs. A lot of, a lot of really good stuff. I'm actually... Um, I'm pretty excited. Like one good example of that is uh, I was building a model the other day and I realized that like the table that's at the bottom was competing with the canvas space for the model itself. And I have three monitors at home. That's how I set it up. So a laptop on the left and then two two wide screens next to each other. I was like, you know what I'd love to do is just stretch the um, the browser across two monitors and then I want to be able to click a button and have the grid, like the, the the gridded output, the table in one monitor, and then the canvas on the other. Just like developer tools in Chrome where you can nice. pin it to whichever part of the screen makes sense. And like that kind of stuff is coming. So it's just, it, we, we're having more flexibility now. So it's really cool because you're like, oh, wow, now I can have canvas in one screen and sort of what looks like a spreadsheet, you know, but the output table on the other screen. And I've no longer got this like scrunched space where, oh man, it's a zero sum game. Like the more table rows I add, the less <laughs> I can see my model. And that's bad. You know, it's really bad. So I'm getting really geeky excited about all those UI UX uh, improvements we can, we can make soon. So that's one thing um, that's exciting. The other thing is I tweeted out in the last week two ideas for SaaS businesses that people I can build. That. Yes, Maybe that's that people can plan. build based on Summit. Uh, and actually what it is, it's not just based on Summit, it's Summit's API models that are built in Summit, APIs into those models. So now we're the modeling engine for your product. But then using a different API, a FinTech one, uh, so like Astra Finance is one that allows you to move money from one checking account to another or one brokerage to a checking account, et cetera. You can basically automate the movement of money. Um, and then the other example I gave was Kodat, which allows you to pull in accounting data. So QuickBooks, Zero, et cetera, data. And I gave two ideas of apps that could be built by taking the Summit API and then you know, bringing in these other data sets. And I described sort of the UI UX and the workflow. And they're validated in that people want to pay for these things. They're asking us for them as a business. We don't want to build them because they're, they are literally separate products. And I've had people ask me, don't you just want to make those features in Summit? It's like, no, no. It's like, there's a lot of things you could do with forms, but like, I want to just build forms, right? 
And so in this case, it's like there's a lot of things you can do with Summit with a modeling engine. I really just want to build the modeling engine, make it better and better. And I think there's probably a hundred apps that you could build using the modeling engine. And we don't want to build any of those apps. Now, a little bit of attention because we want to help people understand the kinds of apps you can make. So it's almost like if we were, you know, I don't know, Apple or something, it's like, well, maybe we create some apps for the app store just to help people understand like, hey, here's, <laughs> here's the SDK. Here's what you can do with it. You know, check it out. But, you know, a, a SaaS product that helps people automate the movement of money between bank accounts and get a, get a simulated forecast for what that's going to look like, like that's its own separate that's a cool product and that should go to market separately and we want to support that. Um, so here's a cool thing. We already had two people reach out saying they, they've started to build or like MVP in their heads around that idea of the money movement, um, but targeting different customer bases, which I think is really cool. So one's very interested in SMBs, like bookkeeping as a target. The other one's more interested in like founders and high net worth individuals perhaps as a target. So I think that's a great example too, where like those products are going to be different because they're appealing to different, you know, ideal customer profiles. Uh, the other one I threw out there was we get a lot of requests for people. Hey, I built a forecast in Summit. I can see it, but I want to compare it to the numbers that I have in QuickBooks or Zero, and over time see if I'm like deviating from my forecast or not, right? Um, and so that is another. It's a whole another product that people, you know, want to have, but we don't want to build because it's a whole another feature set. And I don't have anybody yet that's raised their hand per se to build that, but literally I tweeted it yesterday. But I, I, I think I can see where this is going. That um, time to fire up the blog again, perhaps. But we want to keep building Summit as a modeling environment, and then show people how once these models are built there become these other opportunities to build products and services around these models and around these things that are in their own right valuable. And we'd love to send people to those and help promote them. Um, but being a team of three, uh, we're not going to build all these ourselves. <laughs> so my last minute CTA here is that if this is interesting to you or you want to talk about it, if you listen to this show and you, you'd like to work with me on something, collaborate. I would love to collaborate with a founder or someone to, yeah, build out these these apps. Um, I think they have a lot of potential. So that's, that's awesome. kind of what I've been up to. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, that's product kind of, it's kind of product distribution and business development all in one. And yeah, definitely excited. Um, teaser, maybe. I'm going to tease this on Twitter today probably. I think after these um, formulas in the table, we're gonna we're gonna come back around or finally come to charts and graphs in Summit, which Yay. I'm very excited about. <laughs> I think it's crazy we've gotten this far without them. But people being able need to their hockey sticks, they well sure, and being able to <laughs> choose being able to choose rows in the table and say, hey, make a line graph out of this and put it on the canvas somewhere. Um, so excited about that, and uh, we know our customers want it so. That's kind of future, future maybe March sometime, but yeah, that's that's Summit and um, yeah, getting still still closing new subscribers and uh, churn is manageable, low I'd say low and manageable, um, so I'm happy, man. We're 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 in a good stride. That's awesome. 
Speaking of churn, our churn just... We just stopped having churn almost <laughs> in February. I'm waiting for the next <laughs> wave, but it was so bad in December and January. And then it's in February, it's just... Oh, yeah. Everyone churned, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be a little lumpy probably for now, right? Where, you know, certain waves of people just all... Randomness is not even. I, I hate that. You know, it'd be so nice if it was just smoothed out. <laughs> yeah. So cool, man. Cool, man. Good one. Yeah. Talk to you later. Great to Take connect. Care. See ya. Bye for now. Bye.